0: The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Here's a question about friendships. And, um, you know, we all have put in a bind, sometimes you have to choose between one friend or another, and it seems like you can't have the friendship with both friends because it's a volatile relationship between the two of them. So, hi, Dr. Kenner. I have to choose between two friends, and it's driving me nuts. My two friends had recently been dating one another, Abigail and Frank, but Abby was very emotional and physically abusive to Frank, pretty badly abusive. He broke up with her because of it. I had to decide whether to remain friends with Abby, and I decided to do so. Frank was furious with me. He demanded that I have nothing to do with her and told me that I would be a hypocrite if I continued since I know how abusive she'd been. Does Frank have a right to demand that I never speak to Abby? If I think Abby Abby is improving, don't I have a right to stay friends with her and help her through this? How do I handle my conflict? Tom. Okay, Tom, I think, It gets messy when you have this type of a problem because there are actually at least two separate problems that you have. So I'm going to answer your first one. Number one, can Frank demand that you not be friends with Abby? Frank can't force you to do anything, but he can make his friendship contingent or conditional upon your choice. And he's evaluating you. You are in the spotlight, honey. And he is saying, do I want to be friends with someone who is befriending my enemy? And he used to be my friend, and he knows what this woman has done to me, and yet he wants to befriend her and what, become her therapist? I don't I don't admire that in his character. So Frank can stand back and evaluate you and can feel very betrayed by you. Uh, my favorite author, Ayn Rand, uh, had a quote. I don't have it exactly here, but it's when you ally yourself with the abuser. Pity for the abuser is treason to the person who is abused. Now, that's my paraphrasing of it. But when you side with the uh, with the perpetrator, what are you doing to the victim? Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds. That's it. A very quick ad and then Alan will be back. Romance. But when you side with the uh, with the perpetrator, what are you doing to the victim? You're betraying the victim. So you want to look back at the bigger picture, which I don't have, obviously, and ask yourself, what is my relationship with Frank? Were we really good friends? Is there something about Frank that makes me not like him? Is there something that would make me think that, well, Frank played a role in the abuse? If that's not the case, if Frank has a clean record, then what is it that I'm missing about Frank? Do I miss him? Is there something I need to know about myself? So that's the first point. Uh, The second point is your choice. What attracts you to Abby? Is she making genuine changes? You know, people can get better. That's what therapy is all about. Is she grasping what she did wrong or just giving it lip service? So take a close look at your relationship with abby. Is she learning, for example, new communication skills and introspective skills and feeling very remorseful for what she did to frank, or is she just talking a good game? People do that with therapists, too. People who don't want to change but maybe are court-ordered into therapists know how to work a therapist, you know. They know how to talk a good game and make it look like they're progressing in therapy when they have no intention of changing and they're just pulling the wool over your eyes. So when take a close look at this woman, Abby, who is abusive to your friend, Frank, and you can ask, is she, uh, what is her motive? Is she just wooing me? Is she trying to get a foot in the door only to abuse me at some future date? Is she using me? Does she want to get back at Frank for breaking up with her? And so she's trying to befriend me to try to break up my friendship with Frank, kind of as, ha ha, got you back, Frank. Uh, The third thing you can look at is, what is your relationship with yourself? You really, Tom, you really want to understand, why am I attracted to Abby? Why am I playing therapist? Is there something in my past with my own family? Was I playing therapist with Mom? Does she bring out characteristics of Mom? do I find her sexy, and am I just ignoring the negative parts of her, and I really want to date her? So you you want to ask yourself, can I learn from this experience? Why am I siding with the abusive party? What do I know about myself, and are there any extenuating circumstances which make this important? So that's a little bit on evaluating character. You definitely want to judge yourself, you want to judge other people, not in a nasty judgmental way, but in an evaluative al- way evaluative way so you can grow, so you can enjoy your life, so you can improve your own character and really make the most of your own life. For more Dr. Kenner podcasts, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by psychologist Drs. Kenner and Locke. Here are five ways of making your partner feel loved and visible. Show encouragement and appreciation. Spend quality time together. Give appropriate gifts. Help out. Touch in a loving, sincere way. Most partners will appreciate all five. However, different people may place different degrees of importance on them. Discover what makes your partner feel loved and visible. If you neglect trying to understand your partner, it conveys that you don't think your loved one is important. Your partner feels invisible and not connected to you on the deepest level, and this undermines your romantic relationship, including your sex life. If you don't understand your partner, even when you do take actions that demonstrate love, they might be the wrong actions. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. And you can buy the book at amazon.com.